It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After listening to today's episode of Locked On Washington football team podcast, make sure you check out Peacock and Williamson, NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am David Harrison. He is Chris Russell. We are the host of this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow the show. Leave a rating. Leave a review. It'll help other fans of the franchise find you. Chris is also the host of the Russell and Methurst show on Team 983, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Also find them on the Odyssey app. You can also find Chris writing about the Washington football team for SI.com on Twitter at Russellmania. I am on Twitter at DHarrison82. The show is on Twitter at LockedWFTPod. That's a lot of Twitter. But, Chris, you've got a lot of notes, and we've got a lot of things to talk about in today's episode, including some drama on the schedule, the regular season schedule potentially coming up, and some news about some former players as well. Just a whole lot of stuff going on to talk about. So why don't you kick us off with some practice notes from Tuesday as you were there at training camp to uh, witness it firsthand. Yeah, so it was the third straight day that I've uh, actually the fourth straight practice that I've been able to make. Haven't been able to make all of them, but I've been at six or seven of them uh, so far since camp opened. So you get a good feel, right? To me, David, this one was, first of all, they were in shells. Second, it was hot as you know what uh, and humid. They were on the back practice fields. Uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but it was one of those days where not a lot looked crisp and it appeared that Ron Rivera was a little frustrated at times uh, with the again crispness if that's um, you know a thing uh, which I think it is Uh, and, and just maybe the pace and the tempo maybe it was this maybe it was practicing for an eighth day out of the last nine The only day they had off was Saturday and they practiced until nine o'clock Friday night. And then once again, nine o'clock Sunday morning. So they had about 36 hours off. Okay. But that's not a whole lot of time off quite honestly, since the last day off before that, which was after the, the training camp portion in Richmond ended. And then everybody was trying to move back and get set up, you know, again, closing out the Richmond portion. So they haven't had maybe a lot of time off. And I thought the practices on Sunday and Monday were pretty crisp and pretty fluent. I thought this one was a little bit disjointed. It looked like the passing game just wasn't right. Um, you know, both of the quarterbacks, the backup quarterbacks, especially Heineke uh, and, and Steven Montez seemed to be off a little bit. Fitzpatrick was off on a couple of his throws. Not too bad. Nothing really to worry about, but it was just kind of like one of those disjointed, hot, okay, we've been at it for a long time practices. I think they're going to benefit 
from playing a game on Thursday night. And that's what I'm most excited about uh, coming up in Foxborough uh, at 7.30 Eastern time on Thursday evening. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, nobody wants to have a bad practice. No coach obviously wants to go out there because you're you're spending time, you're spending resources and, and effort. You know, you want to put good things on the field, and, and those are always the objectives. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes these bad practices kind of have a way of kind of bringing the team together and – these are these are things that you can kind of lean on as a leader on the team like Ryan Fitzpatrick can possibly lean on this later on down the road to to remind everybody that you know it's it's not good enough to have hype and excitement and and a lot of good things being said about you in the press and, and everything like that it you have to go out there and you have to continue the behavior that is getting those good things written and said about you in the first place so i mean bad practices you know here and there you can accept those just as part of the part of the nature of, of the whole thing and and you know, Coach Rivera mentioned it, uh, talking about why he didn't like preseason, you know, himself. He said, you know, it gets monotonous after a while and you're just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. So, I mean, like you, you know, I think this team is going to benefit greatly from hitting somebody in, in a different color uniform. Mm -hmm. And then this also kind of springs a little bit of support to the idea of joint practices uh, for, you know, with teams. And, and granted, it's easier when you're nearby, like, say, Baltimore and Washington. Um, but, you know, Washington could potentially use this as maybe a catalyst in the future not this year obviously but maybe travel to a new england or to a cincinnati or you know wherever they're playing uh to do some of those joint practices to kind of get the the competitive juices flowing a little bit earlier yeah and ron actually was asked about that i believe on uh monday and he said look you know we we would have an interest in it the problem was, is they had this weird split deal with Richmond. So that in right. and of itself was like, you know, a travel road show and, 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 you know, in terms of logistics complex. And then on top of that, um, what he said was because they have a younger team, they wanted to really kind of focus on themselves. So I think maybe next year you might see a situation like that because they have had that in the past. And Ron did that in Carolina. Uh, so that's certainly yeah. something to uh, look forward to. Uh, just real quick, um, you know, during our opening segment here, uh, one story that is really creating buzz around the NFL is Michael Thomas, the frustrated Saints wide receiver. We've heard yeah. all sorts of things dating back to last year. Michael Thomas apparently wants out. He had a cryptic tweet. Um hmm. <laughs> the you know the other day on Twitter I, whether he's going to be traded or not I don't know uh, I, I think it's safe to say both of us probably don't think the Washington football team should no. go after him um, not that he's not a great player but just because that's not really a need right now but here's the thing for me do you think when the Saints come to FedEx Field on October the 10th which I believe is going to be right before the trade deadline do you think Michael Thomas is going to be a New Orleans Saint. I mean, I don't think so. You know, uh, you know, I'll try to keep this a little bit quick just because, you know, it's it's not locked on Saints. But, I mean, Sean Payton came out and talked about the surgery a la Scottie Pippen and, you know, how it could have been done sooner and maybe should have been done sooner and, and kind of left it open-ended. Like, we had the conversations. And then Mike comes out with a tweet, the, the tweet of, you know, you tried to make me look bad, but you're just lucky I didn't tell my side of the story. Like, Sean Payton is a very stubborn and proud human being. Michael Thomas is a very stubborn and proud human being. And something that everybody needs to remember if they don't or if they don't know, learn right now. Michael Thomas is the nephew of Keyshawn Johnson. All right. So that's the bloodline you're working with here. And Michael Thomas, Keyshawn Johnson, two very strong personalities. I mean, go back to those days. What was Keish what would Keyshawn Johnson do in this situation? Michael Thomas is not Keyshawn, but he's in the family tree. 
and he's not very far off. He's a little bit less dramatic and, and public about it, you know, but Michael Thomas is a very proud individual as well. And if he feels wronged by this organization, which apparently he does, he is not afraid to take a stand and make a move and, and put some pressure on this franchise the way that we've seen other players do in recent years. I would, you know, over under, like I would give it a 55% chance he is a New Orleans Saint when, when these two teams hmm. uh, face each other. I think he will be with the Saints. I just don't know if he'll actually be active for that game uh, because something weird always happens, right? When a guy can't get what he wants, get out. Maybe he comes up with a mysterious injury. Maybe the team uh, benches him for That's detrimental conduct, what have you. Yeah. Uh, you know. So I think he'll be a member of the organization. I just don't know if he'll actually play. All right, real quickly before we hit our first break, just a quick a couple of quick news and notes for some ex-Washington football team players. Uh, Jaron Christian let go this 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 past offseason. He's been activated off the COVID list by the Houston Texans. Ryan Kerrigan signing, of course, with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's out seven to ten days after thumb surgery. And Ryan Anderson, who hooked up with the New York Giants, he was released and then re-signed to a new contract by the Giants. So that's a couple of quick hit news and note items for former Washington footballers. So some things not going so well outside of Washington and, you know, that practice is, is going to hopefully be a thing of the past. And come Thursday night, we're going to see a very motivated, very energetic unit, which is going to inspire you to be even more confident about your Washington football team. It may inspire you to maybe put some money on the success this team might find in the regular season. Of course, there's a risk to that. But if you want to take that risk, if you have the extra income uh, to be able to the free cash to be able to take those risks, we want you to do it over at betonline.ag because they are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. If it's not NFL action you want to bet on, baseball season still in full swing. Other sports are right around the corner. Before the next contest, head over to betonline.ag. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game again. Head over to betonline.ag, sign up, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. Of course, you can follow David at dharrison82, me at WrestleMania621, the pod at LockWFTPod. And of course, we'll give you the voicemail and email information later on, which you should already have. But David, as we draw closer, obviously, to Thursday night's preseason opener, I know you're going to have a, a great interview uh, with our colleague from Locked On Patriots, Mike DeBate, uh, coming up on the next episode to really get a good game day primer and a good feel of Bill Belichick's Patriots. I wanted to ask this question to you, uh, you know, from our perch, what is important for you to see on Thursday night? Is there anything that jumps out to you and says, man, I really want to see fill in the blank. Yeah. I want to see uh smoothness and confidence out of Jamin Davis. You talked about it 
on a recent episode this week, something that you witnessed during one of these training camp sessions, you know, the, the specific play, I'm not going to go back through the entire diagram, but you know, the, the vivid image of him reading a play, diagnosing the direction of the play, his assignment, where he needed to be clicking and closing, as they like to say, and getting to the point of attack and, and making what would have been a very good play. Obviously, if they were in full contact, you want to see those kinds of things happen on the field. And again, Ron Rivera talked about this during his press conference recently that, you know, you see guys sometimes he, he referenced jumping a route. You see a guy get a lot of interceptions and a lot of people get excited about that. And they say, Oh man, this is the next big thing. And it's because he's taking more risks out there at practice at practice because there are no repercussions, right? That's, what, that's how he put it. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course, Jamin Davis. I don't, you know, from what you're seeing, from what, what I'm reading, I don't believe that's the case here. I want, I want to see it though with my own eyes. I want to see Jamin Davis in full contact with an opponent that's looking to beat him with an opponent. He's trying to beat himself, go out there and not look like a scared rookie, which we've seen from time to time just throughout NFL history because it's human nature. But I would really love to see Jamin Davis, the newest addition to this linebacker group, because uh, as you know, that to me is still the weakest part of this team overall. So if if the future of the group looks confident and it can make some plays, don't have to be perfect, you know what I mean? But I would rather him go out there and confidently take a bad angle or confidently miss a tackle confidently get beat on a double move in, in coverage against tight end or something like that because if he's going out there playing 100 then for, as a coaching staff you can come back and say okay let's tweak what you saw how you reacted where you read it but if he's going out there playing scared now as a coach you've got two things to work on because as his confidence grows his play is going to change so that's really i think whether it's good play or bad play you just need jamin going out there and playing jamin davis football you know, I, I think that's a really good point, explanation and analysis. One thing I heard the coaching staff, I believe, I don't know for sure, it was linebackers coach Steve Russ. It sounded like him, but from all the way over on the other side of the field on Monday, uh, I heard and I wrote it down. Uh, he was yelling at his linebackers, quote, to get downhill instead of running sideways. They want their linebackers to get downhill, attack, and be aggressive. Like you said, sometimes you're going to overplay yeah. something. Sometimes you're going to get caught in the wrong gap or whatever, but mm -hmm. they want them to be uh, stopping the run on the way to the quarterback. They want them to be aggressive by nature and not running side to side uh, necessarily unless you have to. Um, yeah. I think that's really good. I'm going to say, give you one on defense, one on offense, if that's okay. I want to see how Landon Collins looks in a game. We've seen him practice. He's way ahead of where I thought he was going to be. I want to see him actually like how he plays in a game. Does he tackle well? Does he take the right angles? That was some of the problem before the injury last year. I want to see how he reacts there. Quickly, on offense, I want to see a good running game. Like, I, I don't want to see just an aerial yes. attack where they can't run and they lose four yards on first down, and all of a sudden you're in second and 14, second and 15, and then you're in third and nine or third and 10, that type of thing. I want to see the run set up the pass and real quickly, one on special teams, please, Dustin Hopkins, don't miss any field goals. Please, please <laughs> don't give me anything else to worry about. David, what do you not want to see? Yeah, so what I do not want to see, you know what, let me give an offensive one real quick for what I want to see, because um, I was going back and forth between the two that I was going to say, and what I want to see on offense is Ryan Fitzpatrick complete a pass to every phase of his offense. And what I mean by that, I want to see him complete a pass to an outside wide receiver, a slot receiver, a tight end, and a running back, and, and kind of see that comfortability because you know it hasn't been that long. If if 
I don't know, 70% of his targets are going to the tight end, then it's like, okay, so Ryan's really comfortable with what the tight ends are doing in this offense, but that could kind of signal a problem of him not being comfortable outside of that position group. What I don't want to see, I'm not going to take the low-hanging fruit and say injuries because everybody doesn't want to see, you know, nobody wants to see injuries. I want to see Deami Brown as a three-level player. And that doesn't necessarily have to come with the ones, you know, maybe I feel like Diami's probably going to get some run with the ones. He's probably going to get some run with the twos as well. And I would like to see Diami running some short, crisp routes, some intermediate routes. And obviously you would love to see a deep ball, you know, especially a completion or something like that, if you can get it. But we know he can do the deep ball thing. He says he's been working on it. The coaching staff obviously is going to want it out of him. So if we can see, and you don't even necessarily need catches, but I mean, honestly, I'm going to be watching some of his routes during this game, and he may not even get the target, but it, is he getting downfield? Is he eating the coverage? Is he getting out of his breaks and into his into his uh, into into the into the breaking point of his route um, cleanly? I totally botched the terminology there, but <laughs> hopefully everybody knows what I mean. You know what I mean? And then, of course, if he gets the opportunity to catch the ball, you want to see the catch. But that's what I would lo- I would love to to not see out of De'Ami Brown is a lack of efficiency on all three levels of the passing game. Uh, certainly makes sense. And rookies, again, face a great challenge, obviously playing in their first game at the NFL level, even in a preseason setting. I'll just go quick here. What do I not want to see? I mean, obviously the, the, the obvious is no serious injuries or anything of that sort, but I don't want to see a sloppy game either via penalty or turnover. And that includes the second and third and fourth stringers. I I don't want, I, I just want to see somewhat crisp football because that's what I think Ron Rivera's practices are are usually like, but yep. this team can't afford. Even though they're better than they were last uh, than than they were last year, they can't afford to turn the ball over or to kill themselves with penalties that back them up in bad down and distance type situations. And David, quickly, a bold prediction from you, my friend. So bold predictions. I told you, I warned you, Chris, that I like to get a little creative, and and my bold predictions tend to be pretty pretty bold. I'm going to make a bold prediction that Taylor Heineke does not score or lead a touchdown drive, Mm. right? So he's not going to score himself like a running touchdown or, and he's also not going to lead a touchdown scoring drive, but Steven Montez is going to throw for at least two touchdowns. Wow. How about that? Steven Montez has thrown a lot of interceptions. He has. (laughs) And you know what? Just for, for the sake of Twitter, no, a pick six in my bowl prediction does not count okay. as a touchdown All pass right. by okay. Steven Montez. I like that, though. So nothing for Taylor Heineke, but two touchdown passes for Steven Montez. All right, my quick bold prediction, the Washington football team is going to get a kick return of some sort, whether it be a kickoff return or a punt return for a touchdown from DeAndre Carter. I like it. That's that's become your guy now. And, yeah, and I, I absolutely. I still like Dax Milne. It. I still like yeah. Dax Milne, but I think I'm just feeling DeAndre Carter. What if they get uh, one each from each of them? Now that would be. I mean, that would blow that my would mind. Be something yeah, that would that blow would my. You know what that would do? That would make me run to the cabinet and grab a built bar. There you go. Because I am stocked up with built bars. I told you I got a three box. A shipment uh, a couple of weeks ago, plus uh, an extra little goodie bag uh, with the birthday birthday cake sprinkle bites. I know you just got a fresh delivery uh, of of built bars uh, that you ordered up, as our fans can do, obviously, 
on their tremendous and newly redesigned website, built.com. We all have our favorite flavors. Again, David's talked about mint brownie, but he likes other flavors. I've talked about peanut butter brownie, and I like other flavors too. Bottom line, we love Built Bar. They're great for you. They're high in protein uh, when it comes to grams of protein, low in calories. Most bars between 130 and say 150 calories, uh, low in grams of uh, net carbs, low in grams of sugar. So in other words, they're a perfect meal replacement after work out treat um, or a late night dessert or when the Washington football team beats the New England Patriots on Thursday night. So you get the deal. Order today, go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your first order locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at dharrison82 at russellmania621. The show at Locked WFT Pod. And Chris, we're going to wrap up today's episode like we do with so many other episodes with a voicemail. This one again coming from our friend Cameo, our first regular. He is our official regular here at the Locked uh, Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast. Hoping, uh, we love Cameo, don't get me wrong, but hoping that once we get some game action going, maybe we get some post-game reactions. I'm going to send out a tweet after the game, hopefully hoping to solicit some game reactions from the fan base. So hope to hear from a lot of you guys. There's a lot of you guys out there, like thousands and thousands of you are listening to this show and we love all of you and we appreciate all of you. We want to hear from you, we want to hear your voice, but Camion is being boisterous and being bold. So let's hear from our friend. Fellas, what's up? Camion here. Boy, y'all gonna get tired of me, but until then, I'm gonna still call. So here we go. David, oof. Man, I love the crossover shows. Even I love listening to the crossover shows. Great intel. And I'm getting so excited about the uh, enemy's roster. That's all I'm going to tell you about that one. Okay, okay. Uh, North Turner versus Scott Turner, the way they run their offense. Um, I think, now don't get me wrong, I love North. I, I love him. He's a great coach. I love him. Uh, I know a couple of his offense, he was stuck in his own ways or whatever. Maybe he wasn't using some personnel the best way, i.e. Curtis Samuels and other people. But I think with Scott Turner, he has shown that he's not too stuck in his ways. He's more flexible. He's more dynamic, I, I guess I could say, in his offense. And I think that's one of the things that kind of attracted uh, Samuels to come over here. Of course, Terry also, you know, brought him too. But I, I think that as far as the dynamic, see if that's even a word, the way that Scott is going to be running his offense, and even what he showed 
a little last year. It's going to be a real dynamic offense. Uh, tell me what you think. Love the show as always. David, watch the excitement with the enemy roster. You know, other than that, we Gucci. Y'all have a good one. Holla. <laughs> All right, thank you, Camion. All right, what do you what do you think, uh, David? I mean, I, you know, look, I, I know there was a lot of criticism of Scott Turner last year. I, I thought a lot of it was unfair. Uh, this is the first year he's got a really good speed and b a quarterback that he trusts. Right. I mean, first and foremost, here here's what I'm telling everybody: I'm a football fan before anything else. So when when people are out there making good moves, guys, I'm gonna praise them for it. I'm sorry, it's just that's just how I'm built, and and I would hope you want my honesty, uh, not my not my pandering. I'm not, I'm never going to pander uh, to anybody. So hopefully you guys can appreciate that because I mean, look, guys, the, the Giants did some good things. I'm not saying they're gonna win the division. I still don't believe in Daniel Jones either. But the Giants did do some good things this offseason. Anyway. Uh, Scott Turner, yeah, I mean, you don't go get all these weapons for an offensive coordinator unless you plan to use them. Like, I, I, like to me, you know, this is this is like going to get a surround sound system, the new big screen TV, the the highest K, whatever you know, sixteen K, thirty two K, three D monitor screen with the most comfortable, you know, easy chairs and all that stuff, and you never watch a movie. Like that doesn't make any sense. If you're going to get all these weapons for your offensive coordinator, you're planning to use them now. Everybody has a little bit of a different, you know, level of creativity. Uh, this is my first full-time exposure to Scott Turner, so my my expectations are kind of more hopes. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a very bold person, just kind of in nature. You're going to learn that through my bold predictions. I like to kind of go for it. You know what I mean? I'm a big fan of guys coming out and and, and throwing a 70-yard flyer out on the first first snap of the game. Why not? Um, but. I don't know Scott Turner. And I don't know that he's exactly going to be like that, but I do expect again some motion, right? Some two back sets. You know, maybe you see Curtis Samuel flex, you know, into the backfield, out of the backfield, all of those things. Logan Thomas as a fullback, like there's a lot of things that Scott Turner is going to be able to do with this cabinet of weapons. Now, the the first and foremost thing is going to be how quickly does this unit come together to execute the basics? Because you can't get creative and cute as like as a lot of people like to call it until you can execute the basics. Curtis Samuel being injured right now, that's obviously a big hindrance to this. But the the faster this unit can come together and just execute basic offense, you know, offensive tenets of, of football, the faster Scott can get more creative with it. That's what I expect to see is a gradual build towards more creative offense. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think you're going to see creativity, but keep in mind that the staples are still going to be what people consider maybe a little bit more boring but there's going to be plenty of juice. There's going to be plenty of creativity and different looks. And we saw that you know, on Thanksgiving Day. We saw that in other weird formations and other gadgety type uh, plays, but especially that Thanksgiving Day special uh, down in Dallas. All right. Thank you, Camion. As always, if you want to contribute to our voicemail line like Camion does uh, and others have, uh, and we need to hear from you. We want to hear from you, especially with the game coming up on Thursday. Make sure you hit us up, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. We want all of your reactions after uh, Thursday night's preseason lid lifter, especially. So make sure you hit us up, 301-615-3577. Or if you're a little shy and want to email us, lockedwftpod at gmail.com. That's lockedwftpod at gmail.com. As always, you can chime in via Twitter at locked. 
WFT pod on Twitter at lock WFT pod on Twitter at D Harrison 82 or me at WrestleMania six to one. And David, did you know that betting on football and specifically the league in which they play for pay doesn't have to be a pass, uh, a passing game. It doesn't have to be a passing game. It can be a guessing game, but not if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, plot specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast that's going to do it for us right here on this edition for david harrison i'm chris russell thanks as always for listening downloading subscribing and sharing locked on washington football team podcast If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.